The clay court season is well and truly upon us, and it's been Stefano Tsitsipas that's stolen the show so far, with a win in the Monte Carlo Masters and also pushing Rafael Nadal to the brink in Barcelona. But Rafa was just too good in the end last week. And Ash Barty, well, we talked about her and Osaka and the battle between who was the real world number one a couple of weeks ago. But I sense our allegiances have changed. We'll talk more about that. This is Breakpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Val Febo, and joining me as he does every week. We've had a couple of weeks hiatus with a couple of uh, work commitments and other things going on. But Joel Frucci, it's very, very nice to be back on the airwaves. How are you, mate? Going well, Val. Good to good to see you again, mate. And uh, yeah, this is what the big dog life is like. We're, we're busy. I know. We're busy. We haven't been able to do the pod for a couple of weeks, but um, no, it's good to good to be back on. And uh, not a moment too soon because, of course, the clay court season uh, is well and truly underway. Um, and it's been some very very interesting results so far on uh, on both the men's and the women's side. But um, you mentioned it there. Just so good to see Ash Barty uh, silencing all the all the critics. I love it. Oh, so do I. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, before we do get into that, we've got Lewis Simmons, uh, who you might remember from the start of the year that we had him on. He's the developer of the live tennis scores app that came out and so filled our hearts with joy and warmed the cockles of our hearts uh, just with the sheer brilliance of the app. It was like the old ATP live, ATP WTA live scores app, but it's so, so, so much better. And they've included us in the live streaming section. So another place where you can get Breakpoint, which is absolutely Fantastic. So can't wait to chat about the new updates with him. But Ash Barty, she did steal the show last week in Stuttgart. I like saying Stuttgart, Joel. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun and I don't know why. I think German German words, they can be so robotic at times, but they can be so much fun at the same time. But she's ended up winning a she's ended up winning a Porsche. Das ist gut. Oh god, that's absolutely fantastic! If nobody has seen that segment of Family Guy, I urge you to go watch it on YouTube because it's absolutely fantastic. But yes, Das was good for Ash Barty in uh, in Stuttgart last week, defeating Laura Siegerman, Carolina Pliskova from a set down that one, then Alina Svitolina also from a set down, and then in the final, Arena Sabalenka also from a set down wins her first clay court title since Roland Garros in 2019. But with her win in Miami. And back-to-back, pretty much back-to-back titles um, now stretching over. And her third title of the year, mind you, as well, winning in the Melbourne Summer Series after a year out. Look, I'm sorry to Naomi, but we we had this discussion a few weeks ago about who was the true world number one of women's tennis. And we both said Naomi Osaka. And then a fair bit of distance between her and the rest of the field. But you know what? Ash Barty's got a lot of tennis under her belt now. And I'd put her well and truly... At the top, because Osaka didn't win Miami. Osaka lost. She said she's had to take a bit of a break, but she'll be back for Madrid. But look, in all honesty, I think the way that Barty's played and the way that she's warmed and worked her way into the season, um, she's by far been the most impressive player considering the sheer lack of tennis that she just didn't have under her belt. Yeah. <clears throat> no, um, no I, I agree, Val. Um, yeah, I, I think given, given the fact that she hasn't played well, hadn't played all that tennis um, throughout last year. Yeah, it's um, it, you know, it's actually it's actually quite incredible what, what what she's been able to do. And not only that, but if we think back to last year, we have to remember that um, given the uh, the COVID crisis that hit, well, mainly Melbourne, admittedly, 
it was Australia, I guess, as a whole. I mean, it hit everybody, Australia, but mm. mainly Melbourne, right? And Craig Tizer, Melbourne. He was in Melbourne. Couldn't get up to Queensland with Ash Barty. So they were working remotely pretty much. So obviously the decision to not play tennis was hers, but she didn't even have her coach with her. So it kind of just really doubled up really. Yeah. Um, so the fact that now she's come into 2021 and, um, you know, look, I, I thought that um, obviously I've said on the podcast before, I, I picked picked her to win the Australian Open. She couldn't quite do it. Understandable after so long off. But the fact now that she's been able to win three titles um, since coming back with such a, a lack of preparation, um, obviously a, a lot of players went through similar challenges. But the fact that Ash is the world number one, didn't play tennis, wasn't with her coach, what she's been able to do, um, you know, you've, you've got to hand it to her and, you know, I think after all the you know after all the talk that that, that there was about um, is her standing as world number one fair? Is it is it not fair? Um, you know, I think uh, for where we are now, I don't I don't really think the, the question can even be asked anymore. No, not at all. And she's it's a hundred percent fair. Um, she's daylight ahead of second ranked Osaka, and um, I'll get the rankings up for the actual points differential between the two of them. But it, it's quite stark um, with how far ahead. Ash Barty actually is. So she sits on 9,655 points to Osaka's 7,800. That's 1,855 points ahead. Ash Barty's the well and truly deserving world number one at the moment. To even get that much of a lead to start the season with is is impressive. And look, I reckon she's got to go. To, she's got to be the favourite to defend her, her Roland Garros crown. I really think she does have to be with Igish Fiontech, with Simona Halep, and with Naomi Osaka. But Ash Barty will be right there when the whips start cracking at Roland Garros. It was a phenomenal week, and uh, Arena Sabalenka was so upset that she lost the match. She uh, she put on Instagram when Ash Barty uh, dro- uh, rolls away with your porch, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> that is funny. It was no, very funny, that, but um, no, Arena... She... Pardon? She'll get one at some point. Yeah, well, you'd hope so. Look, she probably got the money to afford one right about now. If she wants to loan me some money, and I'll buy one as well. Like, I would I would love to have a portion drive that around Melbourne and really start overtaking people. On the, actually, you know what? I don't need a car that's going to make me go faster. That's the last thing I need. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely the last up. thing I need. Um, but moving on to the men's, Joel, and it was a massive week for Stefano Tsitsipas in the way that he played and the way that he went about his business in Monte Carlo and then the way that he went about his business in Barcelona. He was absolutely phenomenal. But unfortunately, he just ran into someone, well, that is pretty he's pretty good on clay in Barcelona. Yeah, he has yeah, yeah, he's like, he's not bad. His name's Rafael Nadal. I don't know if you've heard of him. But um, no, that, that final that they played was probably the most epic match of the year. And it goes with their epic match at the Australian Open in the quarterfinals where Tsitsipas became just the third player in history to come back from two sets down from two sets to love down against Rafael Nadal. But Nadal, after losing in Monte Carlo, there's always some doubts when he loses in one of the first up tournaments on clay. There's always a few. And Andre Rublev got him in three in the quarterfinals, moved through to the final, couldn't get the win over Tsitsipas, who did win in the Principality. But then... You move over to um, to to Barcelona, and Rafa could have said, "Is what happened in Monte Carlo happened in Monte Carlo?" But <laughs> he he would have been saying that in his head. And I wish I had that audio with me right now, and we'd play it straight off the bat. But 
it was it was a titanic struggle between the two superstars. And I think Steph, and we'll, we talk about this a little bit with Lewis, but the narrative that Tsitsipas is building from last year, coming from two sets down in the semis to uh, to not beat Djokovic in the semifinals of the Australian, uh, the French Open. But his clay court form is as good as what these big guns are. And he made the final of Hamburg the week before Roland Garros. So, geez, he's going to be very, very, very difficult to beat. Um, come, well, should he get to the um, the, the business end of um, of the French Open? Yeah, he absolutely will be. And um, yeah, it mightn't be at Roland Garros. It might be at Wimbledon or the US Open. But um, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to put it on record. Um, Stefanos Tsitsipas will win one of these slams. I'm just going to say straight up, he'll win one. Really? That's a big call, yeah, he'll John. Win he'll win one of the three this year. Which one Which one do you think it will be out of those three? If you had to pick one, which one do you think it, he's probably the best The best chance for him to do it? Do you think it's the US, considering it's the last one? It's the one that's thrown up probably the most mixed results, but he hasn't had his best yeah. results there. Yeah, well, I, to be honest, I actually think it would probably be Roland Garros or Wimbledon, um, yep. if, if I'm being honest. He's probably... Not the guy that I would go directly to for, for Wimbledon. I think for Wimbledon, I'm looking at Daniel Medvedev to really make an impact. Um, you know, I think I think um, I think Roland Garros might be his his platform. Obviously, he's going to have to contend with Rafa, obviously, but then um, of course Novak as well. Um, we know can well perform anywhere really um, goes without saying. Um, but then after that, I mean, you look at the field and um, you, you know Steph is probably probably the next guy I would say because we know that. Daniel Medvedev's had his issues on on clay. Um, you know, Rublev, I'm not really sure, is at the Grand Slam winning level yet. I think he's close, but not quite there. Um, and, Blair! Yeah, Blair! Um, and uh, and Alex, Alex Verov, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that his game stacks up on clay either. Um, maybe a guy like Matteo Berrettini could be a bit of a dark horse, mm-hmm. but I think certainly Sitsipas is probably the next guy <laughs> after... Um, Nadal and, and, and Djokovic and uh, with all due respect to, to Roger Federer if he plays Roland Garros I don't, I don't think he's going to win it sorry no. to say Bell um, shut up so, Bell. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah no so I think um, to be honest I think um, when it comes to Steph's chances of winning a slam which I think he will do again um, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty much in chronological order in, in terms of his his chance of winning it I think it's it's going to be Roland Garros then Wimbledon and then the US Open Yep, uh, I I tend to agree. I think the French Open is probably his best chance. And if he doesn't play a full week like he did last year, just prior to the event, I reckon that'll hold him in much better stead because he started to cramp towards the end of that match with Novak Djokovic, who started to exploit his movement um, with the drop shot um, in that that encounter. So it's going to be interesting to see what he can conjure up, but I think we'll get more of an idea when Madrid and Rome uh, roll around, which will be next week. But um, look, the... Another another just bonkers narrative that we've had throughout this season is that of Aslan Karatsev and what he's been able to Karatsev. produce. We saw Joel in his third round match against Diego Schwartzman at the Australian Open. And who were we who were we to know what was going to come? He would go oh, on to boy. reach the semifinals at that event at the Australian Open. He would go on to perform quite well in Doha, where he pushed Dominic team to three sets. Then he would go on to win Dubai. And now he's gone on 
and he's played in Belgrade. He's come up against Novak Djokovic, who pretty much wiped him off the floor at the Australian Open in the semis. But he's beaten him in a three-hour and 38-minute epic in the semifinals in Novak Djokovic's home country in Belgrade, where where he's idolized as a god. And for Karatsev to overcome him in that style and in that fashion, to just outgrind Djokovic in a slugfest, in a battle, a titanic long battle like that, is so, so, so impressive. And yeah, I, I was so mightily impressed. He didn't win the title. Matteo Berrettini got him 7-6 in the third. But just, yeah, a, a phenomenal effort from uh, from the Russian. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, his 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 uh, shot making, his ground strokes, his year itself, um, they've all been bigger than his calves, and that's pretty big. Um, but like, um, you, know, you know, I mean, the thing the thing is though, like with with Aslan Karatsev's game, um, obviously it's it's um, it's high risk, high reward. Um, if if he hits his spots with his, uh, you know, with the power that he possesses, he could beat anyone really. Yeah, he's probably in that bracket. Um, I think he's probably one of the better players in, in that bracket. Um, well, at, well, at least he is at the moment. And I think the way he's going, he's probably going to stay there as well. I can't really see him slipping too far for a little while. Um, he's in that bracket of players where um, you know, if he's on, um, good luck because yeah, just that that kind of power is just so hard to stop. And even um, you know, we we see it. Uh, working against Novak Djokovic, even he, uh, even he struggles to to contain it. Um, that's that's how good it is. I think maybe uh, you know at the Australian Open, maybe there was a little bit of I guess inexperience on that stage for uh, for for Aslan. Um, you know, maybe maybe he was a, a line in the headlights. Um, but you know, that's not obviously not the same. But we're going to go with it because <laughs> you know the line. Um, but yeah, I mean. Um, just yeah, all you can say is is what a story. Um, yeah, you know, I'm really excited to see what he does for not only the rest of the year, but like moving into next year and the year beyond. Um, like how he uh, backs it up. I, I think he will. I think he can only get better from here. Um, as he keeps chalking up results, um, you know he's going to get sponsors. He's going to get endorsements. Um, you know the money's going to start flowing in for him. He's going to be able to improve his tennis infrastructure. He's only going to get better from here. The the most crazy thing is that. He still hasn't been endorsed yet, Joel. Adidas are getting all this free publicity, and he's just been wearing Adidas. But that's it. There's no endorsement. It's been the same clothing or the the Adidas stuff that he was wearing was stuff from three or four years ago. It's just this is just one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. The guy's risen from outside the top 250 a year ago to 27th in the world, and he's not sponsored. Like, if, even if you're Yonex or whatever, just get a sponsorship. Sergio Tacchini needs to get back in the game. Get around him. Someone needs to sponsor him. It's bloody ridiculous that he's not. Yeah, someone do something. Like, my God, you know what? We're going to do it. I'm going to I'm gonna get a phone number, and next week <laughs> he'll be wearing a kit with just a Breakpoint logo on it. It's going <laughs> to result in no monetary income because we can't, we, we don't have it, but... He's gonna he's gonna have a shirt, and I'll send it to him personally wherever he may be. I will send it. Let's 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 get this done, Joel, and see what see All what right. actually see what actually happens. Um, yeah, no, I think I think we could do it, but I think it's probably time for us to stop waffling on and get to our first guest, Lewis Simmons.
And our first special guest, our favourite New Zealander, does join us. We had him on at the start of the year to talk about the wonderful innovation that he came up with um, regarding a Tennis Live Scores app. We lost the void of that that ATP WTA Live Scores app that we had and so loved on our phones for probably 10 years. And now the live tennis scoring app, you can search Tennis Live on Face on sorry, not Facebook, on uh, the App Store or Google Play as well. And you can search it. It's got everything. It's got a new update as well, which we will get into. But this has filled everybody's void on, uh, on, on when looking at tennis scores, when looking at tennis news, when looking at challenger scores. It's even got ITF updates in there, rankings, absolutely everything you need to know about the world of tennis. This app has got and its creator, Lewis Simmons, does join us on the podcast again. Lewis, how are you going? Um, good things. Favorite New Zealand is a nice one. <laughs> it's yeah. almost like a backhanded compliment sometimes from Australians. <laughs> no, but you definitely are with the with the absolute joy that you provided us, uh, tennis fans and tennis uh, media people. Um, it's it, it's honestly this app has been an absolute godsend. So you definitely are our favorite uh, New Zealander. There's a, there's a few good ones in the cricketing world and in the tennis world, but you take the absolute cake, Lewis. But um, how's things going? And how's um there has been a new development in the app, which we are actually a part of. Um, so talk us through that and um, and what the um, idea behind it was. Yeah, so I mean, like, so going back to the start of the year, you know, this whole premise was around trying to you know, fill the void that was left by that old app and just trying to get something out there that sort of um, captures probably all of tennis. So, you know, bringing in things like ITF Tour, um, you know, Grand Slams, also exhibitions, so things like, you know, the, a day at the drive at Adelaide this year, we had coverage of that. Um, so we've sort of, you know, been focusing on that and sort of now from, you know, my experience, you know, there's so much um, really good tennis content out there, whether it's, you know, video-based, audio, even written. Um, by a range of creators, you know, ranging from, you know, your big time, you know, established media in terms of, you know, New York Times, ATP, WTA, all the way through to, you know, a lot of people who just sort of do it as a hobby um, and you might not know about. So it sort of felt like a, I guess, a natural next step in terms of looking at the media side of tennis to going, okay, where is all this content? Um, and can we sort of create this sort of engaging, I guess, stream center where we could bring it all into one place because you know the thing that's great is that you know everyone in the app just loves tennis and loves everything about it and wants to be a part of it 24 7 so bringing all this content in sort of gives you that opportunity between games and you know between tournaments to be a part of it non-stop and yeah it is an absolutely fantastic initiative and especially you can get audio you can get written you can get visual mediums all on there. Breakpoint is included on this app as well, which is great. We can't thank you enough for the support, Lewis. But um, talk to us about the development of the app throughout the year. So obviously it's still in its infancy and um, how you've gone about doing it. And also how you actually stay on top of all of the match scores. That's something I've always found really fascinating because tennis is a 24-7 sport. There's always tournaments going on in America from the ITF Futures. There's tournaments going on um, in Europe, in Africa, in South America, in Australia. So how does one actually stay on top of all the matches that are going on and maintaining and updating the live scores of, of these certain matches? Yeah, so luckily there's a lot of um, really good data providers that sort of have that sort of stuff covered. So initially at the start of um, building this, you know, really went for, I guess, um, 
what I'd classify as like a sort of entry to medium level data provider. So, you know, they gave you all of the coverage. They didn't necessarily give you a lot of info behind them, um, but certainly got the job done. So these data providers, you know, their bread and butter is making sure that they send you the data nonstop. Um, and then it's on us to sort of take that data and build our own server to automatically transfer it into the app. So it's all automated, which is nice. It gives me time to sleep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, certainly there's there's a lot of stuff on our end to make sure that the data coming through then gets translated into something that um, works on the app and then also on our end looks nice. Um, but we made a shift of our data provider, must have been just after the Australian Open. Um, yeah. So I had to think about, you know, what sort of data do we really need and what does everyone want and who has that data? Um, and we ended up partnering with uh, Sport Radar on that one, who's sort of the gold standard for sports data. Um, and really, I guess, thrilled with that decision for the amount of information we've been able to get from them on a daily basis. Talking of uh, data, Lewis, have you noticed that since you brought in um, some of that multimedia um, into the app, like all these different podcasts, like written content, video content, have you... Um, sort of noticed and obviously I'm not too sure like sort of how um, how much of those analytics you've really looked at but have you have you found at all um, that users of the app are um, sort of staying on there for for a bit longer and I, I guess they're really treating it as as that, that real hub for, for tennis that, that you want yeah for sure so we're only 24 hours in so like I mean this really is being run sort of as an experiment as well um, like this doesn't really exist anywhere um, so, yeah, we're certainly running our own analytics to, you know, keep an eye on, um, you know, what impact this has and whether people like it, whether people don't. Um, you know, we also get a lot of messages on Twitter when things are going right and when things are going wrong, which is great. So we sort of, you know, we get that sort of real person feedback as well. Um, so certainly for us, it's, it's very, very early, but um, certainly looking forward to, I think, Madrid and Rome, which will give us a really good indication when there's a lot of content coming out to see um, how people use it. And the new update with the app, obviously, with the live scores and in the and you can update sort of the features with how how they look and how crisp things look. And if you want something small, you don't have to look at country flags. You only just look at the scores and everything along those lines. How's the feedback been from that so far? Yeah, I think that was actually something I'd always wanted to bring in um, and finally just got around to doing it because I think one of the best things about that old app was that because the results were in such a basically like a straight line, it just meant that you could load the screen and see all the results instantly. You didn't have to, you know, scroll through a heap of stuff. You didn't really have to keep navigating. It was just there. You'd go into the tournament and bang, there's all the information. Um, so, yeah, again, like, you know, people are, I guess, really appreciative um, for that feature and the fact that, you know, there's a lot of people who do really miss that app and sort of what it brought. Um, but at the same time, what we want to try and do is create, I guess, an experience that everyone can sort of get the most out of. So some people want, you know, the big flags and the names and everything like that. Um, and some people like the old app really just want to see the information really quickly. So, um, again, yeah, really happy to get that feature out just to give everyone, I guess, a bit of what they want. And the ranking stuff as well. There's um, a little section at the at the bottom right-hand corner. You tap on the rankings and you... Uh, have you done a partnership with the live tennis rankings website where you can go and have a look at um, actually what's happening live? Because there is a certain app that you can use, but you've got their logo on there. So what, tell us about the partnership and um, it, have you contacted them personally or is that just something that you've installed in the app to help them and be sort of that mutually beneficial relationship? 
Yeah, so I had a quick chat with, um, I think it's Philippe who runs the company. Like, probably for me, one of the best tennis products that exists yeah. is Live Tennis Rankings. Like, just the amount of data they, you know, are required to pull and the amount of context they need to be able to do what they do is really, really impressive. Um, but yeah, I had a quick chat with them and just, you know, flagged, you know, this is data we'd love to show to people. Um, and sort of what we do is uh, we just push people through their website and they can get that information then come back into the app. So, um yeah, really stoked to get that information in there. And you know, I think a lot of people have that app downloaded as well. I strongly recommend people keep it downloaded because it's just a treasure trove of information in there specifically to do with rankings. Yeah, it really is brilliant. It's a great tool. It's always really interesting to jump on there um, during tournaments or Grand Slams or, <clears throat> pardon me, whatever it is, to to really see how things are fluctuating in real time. It's 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 great. But um. Moving forward, Lewis. Um, obviously, you brought through another really cool feature, as we've uh, discussed on the on the pod so far. But um, what do you see as being, I guess, the, the 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 next thing that you maybe think about and and start to roll through? Maybe a little bit preemptive, I guess. But um, have you sort of got any more kind of thought bubbles that you may be looking to explore? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that are sort of in early stage being thought about um, a lot of interesting pathways, um, you know, a lot of interesting, I guess, um, different ways we could go with this. Um, but I guess the key thing we've sort of always done is sort of followed what the users are telling us. So that's through, you know, feedback and also through analytics. Um, you know, we can get a, we can get a really good idea of, like I was saying, what's hitting and what's missing. Um, and from that, that gives us a really good sort of direction to as to where to go next. Um, so yeah, but like lots of things that we're sort of thinking about, um, but certainly keeping an eye on how things go for the next couple of weeks. And I think also through Roland Garros as well will be another big one for us, and we'll see from there what comes out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the season is really heading up at the moment. So any listeners that haven't got the app yet make sure you jump on the app store or wherever you get your apps and get it on your phone because it is brilliant i'm putting you on the spot uh, a bit here Lewis, but so far in the season across either men's or women's um have you got a highlight that stands out so far from year in tennis Ooh, now you're making me think <laughs> um And I'm trying to think of all. I mean, it was good to see Federer back, even though yeah. it was only four, two matches. Um, in, in terms of highlights, it was actually Miami was probably a highlight. So, in terms mm -hmm. of in, on the men's side, not seeing a sort of big three, big four mm -hmm. final, having a sort of a clean. Um, in terms of two people in there who hadn't been there before, it was nice and sort of gives, I guess, more visibility. You know, to people who are sort of only tuning in for the semi-finals or finals to see, oh, actually, there are more people than, you know, Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, Murray. Um, so that was a nice one. I think this, like, the Sissy Pass sort of clay story that's starting to build is really, yeah. really interesting. Um, you know, I you know, I think we say this every year that Nadal looks vulnerable on clay and then he steams through Roland Garros, <laughs> but here we are again. Um, I think maybe not Madrid, but certainly Rome will be really interesting when we have both yeah. Djokovic and Nadal on court. Um, and then you sort of got that mystery with Federer playing over in Switzerland as well and then turning up to Roland Garros. But yeah, I, I like the story of the sort of next gen coming through, the sort of next gen, next gen 2.0. Yannick Sinner also is an awesome mm -hmm. story at the moment. He just seems to be really cool under any sort of pressure. So it's fun to watch. 
Yeah, you are 100% right about the Stefanon Tsitsipas narrative that is that is unfolding before our eyes. He's played so well, almost beat Nadal in Barcelona and then won in Monte Carlo two weeks ago. So it's it's I think he's definitely one to watch after reaching the semifinals at um, Roland Garros last year as well and pushing Novak Djokovic to five sets. But Lewis, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on uh, tonight. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for all of uh, all of the promotion that you've done for us in terms of the app, because it's an absolute, um, it, it's a godsend to be on things like that to get the exposure up. So it's awesome. Thank you very much. But remember, you can follow Lewis and uh, the app on Twitter. If you want to shoot them a message and give them your commendations, you can. It's at Download Tennis on Twitter and just search Tennis Live on the App Store or Google Play Store for Android and you'll be able to find it there. Lewis Simmons from the uh, from the Tennis Live app, thank you very much for joining us. We can't wait to see the further updates. Awesome. Thanks very much, guys. Lewis Simmons there joining us from the Tennis Live Scores app, and that app has, as I've said uh, a million times this year, has been an absolute godsend to us, and he'll be hearing us on our show on his app, which is extremely cool, and um, it's, it's like a time paradox that I don't want to get into because I'll start to confuse myself, but it's a brilliant app, and Please go download it via the links and the the um the tags that uh, that we mentioned before because it is absolutely fantastic, magnificent, sensational. We've run out of superlatives for it, but Joel, it is time for our first Benoit of the week in quite a while, and because we haven't done a show in a couple of weeks because of our own commitments, we've we're going to do a double Benoit, a double barrel, a double. Uh, I don't know. There's probably going to double should, trouble. Yeah, double trouble. That's it. Um, you know what? Uh, you don't even know that. You, I just thought of it literally right now. We're going to do three because I think there is a, there is another deserving person of it, Joel. Technically, with okay. this, we missed two shows and then this would have been our third Benoit. So we're not actually going over the top here. But I'll go first, then you go, and then I'll give my final one. So, Jared Piquet. What a dropkick. So this new this new soccer European Super League whatever it was didn't last very long. Um, he tweets afterwards and goes, "Football should be for the fans, or football is for the fans." And then Edouard Roger Vasselin, the tennis player, the French tennis player, said, "And tennis isn't." And he raised the perfect point that uh, Jared Piquet's company pretty much ruined the Davis Cup. How is that for the fans? You've put it in your own country, in Madrid, and no one no one went from all the other countries. And who ended up winning that competition, Joel? Who ended up winning? Spain. <laughs> Jared Piquet, you're a dipstick. Your turn. Shut your fuck up. Um, <clears throat> uh, my, okay, so my memoir of the week goes to Narendra Modi, who is the Prime Minister of India. So... Um, as most people would know, India is in the absolute pits of the pandemic right now. It is just unfathomably bad, um, really, really bad. Um, I actually, I actually do know some people whose uh, whose relatives passed away um, over in India, thank, uh, thanks to the virus. So it's uh, obviously condolences to, to them. I won't name them, but um, it's just a really bad situation over there at the moment and uh, the, really the reason for it is uh, because of the way uh, the government over there has, has carried itself. Um, really just an example of what not to do yeah. um, in a situation like this. Um, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much all that needs to be said. Complacency, poorly handled, selfish, that's it. 
Yep, I agree. There's no other word for it, Joel. Um, absolutely abhorrent. You know, we Australia holds such high standards of our cases and uh, the amount of cases that we got in Victoria was, I think, what, 756 to be exact in one day. And that was abhorrent. That's the standards that we're holding. But 350,000 cases in a day is not... There's no standards at all, Joel. People are dying right. left, right, and center, and it's just—it's pathetic. As a government, it, it's—and we don't want to talk politics too much on this show, but it is pretty, pretty pathetic. But let's move on to our final bleh of the night, and bleh. the final Benoit. Well, he's leading it at the moment. He's equal to ill. I think he is leading it overall. <laughs> the man himself. The man himself, Benoit Pair. This is why I had to include the third one because he, so he would have been hoping to go to the Olympics this year. He would have been really hoping for it. And the French Olympic Committee have said, nah, you're not going. The FFT have agreed and they've said, you know what? Your conduct this year has been far from good. We don't want you at the Olympics now. And then he's posted <laughs> photos of him in his tight board shorts, going up on a boat, drinking a beer, snorkeling, wherever he may be. And he's living his lush life. So he's pretty much stuck up a couple of middle fingers uh, to to the FFT and the French Olympic Committee. And uh, Benoit Pair, well, he ain't going to the Olympics. And it, it, look, I might not even watch it now. <laughs> I might not even watch it. So, yeah, very disappointing. But Benoit, I think he's going to have to get another Benoit. So that's his third for the year. And he is on absolute fire. Just before we do go, Joel, just before we go, Nick Kyrgios was offended today, and he was compared to Bernard Tomic. Um, I I I laughed quite a lot when I when I read it because he was fairly the, the use of the word OnlyFans still makes me laugh. Um, but the fact that she that he not she um, that he is being compared to Bernie. Look, do you find it fair? Um. <laughs> Jeez, where do we even begin with this? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It, mm. it really is an interesting one. Um, on look on on purely at the moment, if we look at things right now, and we base it purely on merit, I don't think it's fair at all because Nick is, and I think just just overall, generally speaking, Nick is by far and away a better tennis player than Bernard Tomic is and ever was. Um, but that said, I can I can kind of see where it comes from because they they've kind of built reputations for themselves as being oh no, I hate using the term the bad boys if you like. So I can look I can see it from that perspective. But um, yeah, I, I guess look if if I'm Nick, I can if I was in his shoes, I'd be pretty disappointed as well because and this is nothing against Bernie, but the reality of it is um, you know. He at the moment is is not a good tennis player. No, he's not. no. Um, and I don't think he's going to get anywhere near the level that we once saw from him. Which, to be honest, was a you know a fairly good level very early in, in his career. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's it's a really really tough one. But, yeah, it yeah, is. I, I, look, I can see why why Nick would be a little bit frustrated. It is, but. I can also see the other side of the argument that it's unfulfilled talent and unfulfilled, unfulfilled sort of uh, just the crystal. 
I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Um, it's been a long day, Joel. No, it's, it's, a tough, it's, it's a tough one. It really is. It is it, it's unfulfilled talent. I think that's... I was trying to elaborate on it too much, but I think it's just plain and simple that that's what it is. Yeah. Because, look, the, the stats are... Tomic's career high ranking is 17. Kyrgios is 13, so a little bit before, a little bit above. Tomic has won 186 matches on tour, and he's 28 years old. Kyrgios has won 165. He's 26. But the win-loss record is a bit different. Kyrgios has only lost 97 matches, whereas Bernie has lost 182. Kyrgios, six titles. Bernie has won four. Um... And then you look at career prize money won eight million seven hundred twenty seven thousand one hundred eighty two Kyrgios, Bernie six million two hundred thirty thousand five hundred forty nine. So Kyrgios is starting to sort of take over in the stats and has taken over in the stats, but they're not that far apart in terms of what they've done. Look, he's got an extra two years to eclipse Bernie, but Bernie's stats were pretty much exactly the same when he was twenty six. So it's it's very interesting, very yeah. very interesting. Yeah, to be honest, we could I reckon we could we could talk about this and debate this this issue for bloody ages. I mean, really, there's yeah, it's actually quite a quite an interesting debate to yeah. to to unpack. I guess yeah, I'll I'll close it with um, you know, I think Nick is a is a much 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 better player than yeah Bernie again. Bernie has all. Is or ever will be, um, but I also think that kind of works against Nick too because you know I, I still maintain that um, he he can beat any any player that he wants in the world on his day when that is. Um, you know, obviously it's probably more of a a, a rare occurrence than than not. Um, and you know, I still do believe that his best, his absolute best, if he puts it all together consistently in two weeks is good enough to win a grand slam if yep. if you wanted to. Yep. Will he get there? Probably not now. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly with that, Joel. And I think that's where we can we can end the show. It's been an absolute pleasure being back on the airwaves with you, mate, and uh, very glad to see you. And we'll catch you next week for some more tennis action. And big thank you to Lewis Simmons and for his efforts as well for tonight's show and also for his um for the gift of, I guess, putting us on uh, on the live tennis app. But Joel, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, mate. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I'm going to bed. See ya. <laughs> I think I'm going to be joining you very soon. Not actually in your bed, but um, in my own bed. And... <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Look, I can come over for a spoon if you want, but that's just going to keep you up for an extra half an hour. So that's probably not what we want. We both want to go to sleep pretty quickly. But um, remember, you can follow us on Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod. Uh, Facebook Breakpoint Podcast. Search us on there. Remember, you can subscribe on Wooshka, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on, on Google Podcasts, and also download the Live Tennis app um, at Live Tennis. So uh, search Download Tennis or Live Tennis on on the App Store or Google Play, and you can hear us on there as well. And make make sure to listen to all the podcasts. Download the app. Stay on it. Don't download any other tennis app. Delete all the other tennis apps that you've got. Keep this one because it's absolutely fantastic. But, uh, This has been Val Febo and Joel Ferrucci talking all things tennis on Breakpoint Podcast. We'll catch you next week.